This NBA season, make every three-pointer, alley-oop, and buzzer beater even more exciting with FanDuel. You can bet on everything from first baskets and number of dunks to which player will drain the most threes. Or stack your bets with the same-game parlay for a shot to win even bigger. It's quick, easy, and you'll get your winnings fast. So download the app today and see why we're North America's number one sportsbook. Make every moment more with FanDuel. 19 plus and physically located in Ontario. Gambling problem? Call 1-866-531-2600 or visit connectsontario.ca. Here's the scenario. You've been injured in a serious accident. The doctor says your recovery could take months, maybe even years, yet your insurance company is denying your claim every step of the way. If something like this happens to you, call me, Brian Goldfinger of Goldfinger Personal Injury Law. We have offices in Toronto, London, Peterborough, and now Kitchener-Waterloo. Visit goldfingerlaw.com and get us working for you. pretty good 144 to 123 the raptors win so a new record for points scored in regulation 144 that is a lot and considering the kings were up by 19 in the first quarter this was shaping up like a game where the raptors would have to score a lot to get back in it or play an insane amount of defense but when they allowed 81 percent shooting to the kings in the first quarter that didn't seem super realistic. This is the Raptors Reaction Podcast. I'm your Samson Folk, and we're going to talk about the game. The most enjoyable one of the season, I think, so far. The Raptors, and I know a lot of people like defense, but it is outpaced, certainly, by people who like offense. Watching the Raptors score 144, where Malachi Flynn gets to give you 12 off the bench. Norm gives you 22. Pascal, close to a triple-double, immaculate as a passer. Fred is up over 30 once again. It's fun to watch a team do that. I mean, Boucher gives you, you know, a 20-burger for off the bench, I think, what is it, the third or fourth time this year. The Raptors, it's fun to watch them score the ball, especially when they shared it as well as they did tonight, especially working through Siakam. Lots of fun. And I'm, I'm excited to walk through the game, obviously. As many know, Kyle Lowry was not in this game, did not participate. He was out for personal reasons. All the best wishes to him. I, I Honestly, I hope everything is okay on his end. Maybe it's due to something family-wise, maybe something else. Who knows? He gets the day off and, you know, hope he's all right. The Raptors looking at a team like the Kings that do not shoot the three so well, and the Raptors have been allowing a boatload of threes. That kind of showed its ugly face for the Raptors side of things in the first quarter. Now, it has long been a question, a chicken and the egg type question. Are the Raptors, you know, incentivizing more threes or are other teams taking more threes? Who's dictating the game plan? And for the most part, I think it has been the Raptors. They do allow a lot of threes. In past years, they've defended the three really well. They've been able to suppress high percentages. This year, that has not been the case. I mean, coming into this game, teams are shooting 60% 
on pull-up threes against the Raptors. 60. They're shooting, I think, like 36, 37 on catch and shoot, which is, that's par for the course, basically going back a few years. But 60% on pull-up threes is insane, (laughs) quite honestly. That's really high. If you left players in the gym alone, they would shoot like over 60 plus because, of course, it would be over 60%. But would it be over 75? Would it be over 80? You know, I'm not sure. It's <laughs> that's, a, that's a really high shooting percentage. So hopefully that comes around for the Raptors. But in this one, the Kings just absolutely smashed them early on. And it wasn't completely due to three-point variance or anything like that. The Raptors objectively were horrible on <laughs> when we're talking about transition defense they did not stop the ball seemingly ever and that meant that De'Aaron Fox was getting all the way to the rim or they were rotating over at the very last second and then there was a dump off available to one of the Kings players and there you go Bob's your uncle it's a layup and then you add in like Buddy Heald cashing in triples on the pull-up Tyrese Halliburton making it rain Harrison Barnes hitting shots It's just a team that's putting a lot of points on the boards. That's why the Raptors went down 19 so early. I was. This is not cap. I'm not lying, by the way. I was going to tweet when they were down 19 that the Raptors were still going to win the game, but I was too busy looking for a meme to attach to it that I didn't even bother tweeting it because they had gotten it so much closer by the time I had finished looking through my camera roll. So anyway, I knew this was coming. Don't you doubt me not for a second. But the reason that started happening was because the Raptors started playing better and because their offense started flowing wonderfully. And that was great to watch. Be it Fred Van Vliet finding seams off ball or even as a ball handler because that has actually been, and not traditionally like a pick and roll point guard, that is, I don't think that'll ever be Fred's game and it doesn't have to be. But when he keeps his dribble alive, allows guys like OG and Pascal to form up off of a defense that's trained on Fred, find gaps for themselves, openings. It just it allows for more opportunity, and Fred isn't going to come in there and run you know 28 pick and rolls a game to great effect, but he's going to keep the ball alive when nobody else is handling, and when he's off ball, he's going to find seams for himself as a shooter, and he was fantastic at that. And every once in a while when he's on ball, He'll wiggle himself into a pull-up shot, be it in the mid-range or from downtown. The finishing, still not there completely. Uh, Joe Wolfond had a tweet that said, Fred is both a great finisher and a bad finisher. And that speaks to his touch. And you can tell when he's finishing, his touch is immaculate. But it's the sense of where defenders are that gets the best of him. And he cannot body players out of the paint like Kyle Lowry can. He just doesn't throw his weight as well. That just makes him more reliant on craft than power at the rim. But craft can't always get around a help side defender or a trailing big or anything like that. But man, off ball, his work in this game was phenomenal. He was carrying the offense for stretches, as was Pascal. That's how they stayed in it. They were down 20 to 7 at one point, then 27 to 12, then 35 19. The Kings were 14 of 16 from the field. As I said, they shot 81% in the first quarter. But they had a decent close to the first quarter. They got within 11, and then they went back to the tape, the refs, that is. And then they saw that Tyrese Halliburton stepped out of bounds on a triple. And then you look at the end of the first quarter, or the start of the second quarter, I should say, 
and the Raptors are within eight. And you're like, oh, holy hell. From down 19 to within eight. And pressing. They're putting the pressure on the Kings. Clearly, the tide of the game had shifted to the Raptors. The Raptors, they didn't like that four-minute stint to start things off with Alex Len starting. They were minus 12 in those four minutes. Immediately, they started making the climb back up. And actually, I'd be remiss not to mention that OG Ananobi flashed some stuff on ball. He was involved in more of the screening. He was the guy handling the ball more often, even if it's just a live dribble into a dribble handoff to Pascal, for example. They got a bucket out of that early in the game. It's nice to see him with the ball in his hands, confident, taking a big man off the dribble, for example, Marvin Bagley twice. And then that leads to passes he makes out to the perimeter. Even if it's not just an assist, it, it goes into side-top-side action or, you know, swing, 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 wherever the ball ends up. And that's OG Ananobi creating a breakdown. And then the bucket isn't his. He doesn't get credit for it via points or an assist. But he started the breakdown. He got things going. And he was doing that as a focal point. All about learning this kind of stuff, though so that he can do it more as a tertiary option. And that just makes everybody more dangerous. It means teams can't load up on your Lowry's, your Siakam's, your Van Vliet's as much. And so I like that progression for him. We saw that in the first quarter as well. Not as much later in the game, but he's not calling for the ball like that. So it is what it is. Maybe there will be some games this season where we just see OG on ball constantly. But in this one, that wasn't the case. Saw a flash of it to start the first quarter. That was nice to see as the Raptors were kind of getting bludgeoned. But the second quarter, though, I think that's really where this game started to become Pascal Siakam's. He had a masterful stretch as the Raptors took the lead. They didn't hold the lead into halftime, but they took the lead in the second quarter, and it was Pascal, the range he showed on defense, the willingness to grab and go after getting a defensive rebound, and the passing, the passing, man. In the half court, he just gave his teammates so much opportunity. And he was giving guys passes to the bucket, not just creating three-point looks. He was giving guys layups. And it was this control that he had. It was, it was immaculate. Last year, Pascal, there was a huge collinearity with him and the Raptors winning minutes. It wasn't that he was positioned next to Kyle. The Raptors... The version of Siakam that was playing last year, which is the version now, of course, but the level of play he was providing was something that Nurse and co. could shove other players onto in a lineup and reasonably expect to win those minutes. He was that positive, that impactful player, that affecting. So it seems like we're getting back to that a little bit. And the Kings were 4-4 coming into this one. They're not a hugely positive team, but they have played well. They have certainly, they have, they have standout players, Darren Fox, Rashawn Holmes, who I would like the Raptors to trade for. Please God, it's just right there. The the Kings cannot afford to pay him in free agency due to cap restrictions. They cannot give him the raise he deserves. So they probably want to trade him, go and make it happen. Uh, That would be nice. (laughs) Anyway, but they're a good team. They're not an exceptional team, but they're a good team. Good enough to be 4-4 and in this crazy NBA season we've seen so far. And Pascal was carrying lineups. 
in this game. If anything else, that is my biggest takeaway from the 48 minutes we saw tonight, is that Pascal was carrying lineups. And that's meaningful. That's big time. And in between Pascal, just being able to take guys off the dribble, his triple threat, his triple threat looked dangerous. Like that stutter rip he has to get to his right hand or a jab and then, what's it called, a rocker step? You jab and cross back over your body. It's like a, it could be like a, a bull fake. There's a lot of different names for it. You know, every different, you know, Albany, Missouri, other, different places have different names for things, of course. But anyway, steamed hams, uh, Simpsons. We, we all know there are colloquialisms uh, that exist. Australia, New Zealand, how you going, not how you doing. Anyway, you want to hear about the Raptors, not what I think of colloquialisms. Anyway, stutter rip, rocker step, little pump fake. He had it all in his bag. His handle didn't look immensely tight, but it was good enough to convey him around the court. And he just dominated in his space. Every Kings defender looked like lunch meat to him. And to the point that the Kings started doubling him a lot. And his passing was the best it's ever been. That was Pascal Siakam's best passing game as a pro. And it was not that he's going up against bad passing games in his past. It's that he was clinical. He was surgical. He was fantastic. So much fun to see. Other things in the second quarter, I mean, you got to see Malachi Flynn take a pick-and-roll possession, flow into a pass to Yuta Watanabe. He hits a three, and you're like, okay, this is really fun. The game is close. The Raptors got to 61-60, to 60, I believe, before being down three before halftime. And that was where the biggest thing happened, I think, as well. And yeah, in the second quarter, at the start of the, well, I should say for a stretch in the second quarter as well, Chris Boucher was just massive. He had like 12 points in like four minutes. Seemed like every loose ball landed at his feet. Every rebound, he was the guy to get to it first. He just was absorbing points just by, he was like the son of the solar system, putting off energy that everybody else was warmer by, unless you're the kings. They were operating as a dwarf planet, Pluto, I suppose. But Boucher had an excellent stretch. And that excellent stretch was good enough for Nick Nurse to let him start the second half. And that was where we saw, okay, this is pretty great. The Raptors look like they have five guys who can play all at once. Norman Powell starting instead of Norman Powell off the bench has long been somewhat of a confusing thing in Raptors fandom because he is typically a lot better when he's uh, <laughs> when he's starting the game. And but there was also a time where he was better coming off the bench. It's he's an up and down player. That's that's what I'll say about Norm. But he was fantastic in this game. The four was spaced out. Second half especially, he could punch gaps. He could attack closeouts against a moving defense. Rashawn Holmes had foul trouble early on, so they had to play a lot of minutes without him guarding the rim. He's a good rim defender. And when he's not out there and they have to rely on, like, Nemanja Bielitsa or Marvin Bagley, whoever else, right, and they're not playing us on Whiteside in this game, you're looking at a team that cannot guard the rim very well. Pascal Siakam, Fred Van Vliet even, Norm Powell, all getting to the bucket, all doing a fantastic job of getting there. And Chris Boucher, spacing the floor a little bit, hustling on defense, rangy, blocking shots, really nice basketball to see. 
And Fred, especially, I mean, holy man, just came out guns ablazing, was hitting jumpers, jumper after jumper after jumper. It was fantastic to watch, and he just looked immaculate. He looked like such an idealized off-ball point guard. Like, if you put him next to Steph Curry, you'd be like, oh, Klay Thompson's shorter, but it's still Klay Thompson, and he has that defensive tenacity to dig in on post-ups and jumpstart transition and all that kind of stuff. It's uh, It was really fun to watch the Raptors get their groove back offensively. Malachi Flynn had a really nice stretch, stopping and popping in the mid-range, like hit a floater, hit a jumper, hit a catch-and-shoot triple, and was very confident and posed with the ball, well, composed with the ball in his hands. It's really nice to see. Terrence Davis, as I've always said, is very good at working himself into open shot opportunities. He found a lot of those in this game. I think he put in 18 points, four triples. He's always been good at finding himself open, especially in like transition or pseudo transition. And he hit quite a few shots in this one. Very nice to see as the Raptors bench finally brought a little bit of pop, playmaking, scoring, all of the above. And, uh, yeah, so that was nice to see Boucher, Flynn in particular. I like, I just love cheering for those guys. So, I mean, all of the Raptors fan base cheers for Flynn. He's, uh, he's the darling of the fan base, of course. And as far as Boucher, I mean, who wouldn't cheer for this guy at this point? He's been, he's been fantastic. And there's quite literally no downside to his game relative to any other player who might take minutes from him or who might possess minutes that are ripe to be taken by him. That's just, Boucher is, he is the best player at his position on the roster. The minutes should reflect that, and I think this game and past games have really helped solidify that idea for Nick Nurse. I don't know what it'll be for specific matchups going into the future, but I think a baseline of Boucher gets the most minutes in the front court sans Pascal, because Pascal obviously is a front court player, but can be more stylistically like a wing quite a, quite a bit of the time. So anyway, the front court rotation seems like Len, Boucher, and Baines. And Boucher has been far and away the guy so far. And as far as how this game closed out, I mean, the Raptors just started raining triples on the Kings. I thought it was actually smart of Nick Nurse to play the starters well past the mercy point, I think. That's part, partly the reason why the Raptors scored 144 in this one is the starters stayed in quite a bit later than they usually would have. But I think that was a good decision in this one, just to get more reps, more of that synergy going. Let them keep having some of the good thing that this game was offensively. Let them keep working while they're having success, confidence building, not ego building. I think that's what this was. So I like Nurse's decision there. And yeah, they just made it rain on the Kings. Pascal was clinical as a passer. Just... There's one pass in particular, and I believe S, he, he's been on the weekly podcast, it's Fantiar Berhaney, he's clipping Pascal's passes, so if you want to see the pass I'm talking about, it'll be in the fourth quarter, I believe, or the third quarter, the second half at the very least, and go to his Twitter at just S Berhaney. hopefully you can find it there, he'll have a video of the playmaking, and there's one pass where he gets doubled on the left block and he has a live dribble. Then the help comes from the top. It's the first guy over. It doesn't come from the bottom. 
They want to maintain the integrity of the baseline defense. Help comes from the top. Pascal sees the guy above the break diagonally from him, rotating to the man who's closest to Pascal. So he's coming over to the closest pass. That's what you do when you rotate in defense. Smart, that's what you want. But Pascal looked him off and feigned as if he were passing with his head and the start of his passing motion diagonally above the break. And he actually stopped the guy from rotating over and then just passed it to the guy closest to him who hit a three. I mean, that's incredible. I love that for Pascal. Manipulation with the eyes. It's exactly what you want to see. And then following through with the craft to pass anywhere he wants to on the court. And, I mean, he's a talented enough player to qualify as somebody who the defense recognizes as, hey, let's double him. That's what this was. And the, the garbage time, Matt Thomas hit a three. Paul Watson Jr. dunked. DeAndre Bembry got a steal. Shook loose in transition, got a layup. Nice stuff. All very good stuff to see. And the Raptors won 144 to 123. The Reggie Evans Award, typically I think I would give it to Yuta Watanabe. But in this one, I'd like to give it to Chris Boucher. The three blocks really tips it over the edge. And I know Reggie Evans wasn't really a big block guy because he was not. He was stout. You know, he was very stout for his position. He just grinded for rebounds by using his low center of gravity to push people out of the way and his insatiable lust for, uh, for the, the orange, for, the, for whatever uh, nickname you want to call the basketball. Insatiable lust for insert that. Anyway, Chris Boucher, always hustling, just created so many opportunities for himself and his teammates with his hustle, and that was basically the reason why he gets the Reggie Evans Award. Pretty simple. Okay, so the quick reaction comment is from Wildling Number One. I'm not sure if Wildling Number One knew this comment would be top voted because they inserted uh, French at the very end, perhaps to hear me butcher it, which I almost certainly will. So anyway, let's uh, get into it. Quote, O ye of little faith, but who could expect to set a franchise record in points and win by 21 after a first quarter like that? Sunglasses emoji. So many heroes. Italics. Exactly, all caps, the kind of win you'd want. Boucher is a starter. Watanabe is a player. Fred is the leader. Pascal makes others better. Wow. Say, how about Sweet Van Vliet? Not sure that Steady Freddy says quite enough. Winky face. Anyway, ellipses. Marvilu. <laughs> dot, dot, dot. Uh, sunglasses emojis. End quote. I don't know. I'm assuming Marvelo is like, it's marvelous, but in French, I could be embarrassing myself to some degree right now. But I'm assuming that's what it was. Or maybe it's even Latin, which is where everything is derived from basically in the Western world. So maybe it's that. Couldn't say. I'm guessing it's French for marvelous. As it is, I probably said it completely wrong. But if I think I'm understanding it. Uh, yeah, I, I agree with the sentiment of this comment. So many things went right. As I said at the top, I did think the Raptors would come back. I liked what I was seeing in the game. I was not worried that the Kings went up because I was like, well, the, the team is going to come back from this at least to some degree. 
and I would I wasn't going to be shocked if they came back all the way. And that's what happened. As you say, uh, Wildling, Boucher, starter, that's what he looks like. Watanabe, definitely a player. Fred, leader. Pascal makes others better. Yeah, all that stuff, dead on. Uh, thanks for commenting, though. Okay, that's it for me. That's it for you. That's it for the Raptors for tonight, at least. And, uh, yeah, let's get out of here. Uh, I'm very happy you listened. But that's all over now. So thank you for getting into it. But whether you got into it in the morning or at night, have a blessed day and goodbye.